And, and I love the, the uh, acronym too for FTP being in the mm-hmm. technology industry, you and me both. So I don't yep. know if that, I don't know if that was a play on the acronym or not, but I, I, th- I, I caught on to that. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the first clue about technology. <laughs> File transfer protocol. Yeah, I did. <laughs> 2122 port number. Where, do you know which one's which? Uh, for what? 21? Uh, it's been years. I'd have to look it up. 21, 21 being the main one. Mm-hmm. 21, and then you can do the secure on 22. 22. Yeah. All right, you guys are right. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Super. <laughs> Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. This is Matt Mallory. And Clint Macro. And tonight, our very special guest is Mr. Robert Beckman. Rob is a dear friend of ours, a colleague. He's a training counselor and uh, an instructor, and he teaches all kinds of different things to different types of people. And he also is the host of the Firearms Trainers podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shooter Technology Group, the makers of LASR software, ASP, Saber Red, and Lee Armory. Thank you. Rob, how are you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. We both have been on uh, both have been on your show too now, right? Yes, we have. We are uh, cranking them out and making good progress. And the one thing we're not to dive, uh, divulge too much information, but we're <laughs> we've got like 400 downloads on wow. every episodes, which I'm very very pleased of because it was supposed to be a labor of love, and I'm. I would have been happy with a hundred downloads. Now we're four nice. times that. And I'm very, very, very pleased that people are getting the information and hopefully that means they're also able to use it and being better instructors for our students out there. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's due to your, the work that you're putting into it, man. That's definitely, definitely a great thing. What you're doing. You're backed by the uh, FTA. Is that correct? Yes, we are. Cool. How did that come about? Basically, can't, we're looking at names and thinking about things and, Firearms Trainers Podcast is very close to Firearms Trainers Association, and we decided to offer them a spot on it, and they uh, took us up on the offer. I know uh, there's been many people, guests that I've actually had on the program that have actually said they've switched their insurance over to them, not because of my show per se, but because they've heard about the good things they were doing and switched before they came on the show. So that's uh, very good to hear that they've got They've got a very good product that's being accepted within the industry, not just because of people's recommendations, but people are out there looking at it and saying, wow, I can use this and it's competitively priced. So why not, why not switch over and get a better product all the way around? Yeah. One of the things that looks appealing to me, and and I think I'm probably going to be switching over here very shortly is that it covers us for lots of things where other organizations might not, or other companies might not, especially doing you know, force on role player and force on force. And that's something that I've, I'm going to be getting into doing more of that type of reality-based training using non-lethal training ammo. Uh, Matt and I took a class earlier this year, getting certified through UTM. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, that, that part of it looks pretty cool, but you know, I've, uh, I've worked with Dave Spaulding and I can't believe that he would sponsor something that wasn't of, of good quality. So that was his sponsorship actually, or, or his endorsement of that company really did Kind of make me take a take a well, you, you look at the people's credentials that uh, formed the FTA. You know, Dave Spalding, Jeff Gonzalez, Larry, Larry Vickers, Ken Hackathorn, Scott Reddy. 
Um, these guys are not guys that are fly by night type of people. And that's where you go along and you've really got to take a close look at it. If they're endorsing it, if they're, uh, helped put it together, they, they, they're going to put together a very good product before they're ever going to go along and personally endorse it. And I think as people ask me about the FTA, they take care of the force on force. They'll take care of your, if you're doing, um, uh, edged uh, weapon training. The only thing they don't cover for the most part uh, in a simplistic form is grappling on the ground. So if you're doing MMA fighting or something else like that, they don't cover that. But if you're just doing force on force and like you said, more reality training, uh, I just finished up a course or finished up a class over the weekend. And even though the students really liked all the shooting activities, the most they got out of it was the two hours we sent, we did role playing. Yeah, I think it goes into that whole mindset of, you know, you, what you don't know what you don't know, and you know, you're only going to sink to your lowest level of training or, um, you know, the, uh, your um, body can't go where your mind's never been. You know, all, the, all those concepts and thought processes on being able to get as much training as you can in, this is Boots, by the way. Hi, Boots. Kitty Petters Union. <laughs> so when the crap hits the fan, you sink to that level of training that you have versus sinking to the fetal position or condition black, right? I say the fetal position where you're rolled up in a ball with your thumb in your mouth on the floor. Mm -hmm. Well, we get, we, we develop learn intuitive responses to learn stimuli on, on the range, on the square range. And there's many ways that we can do that. But the one thing that lacks in that environment is being able to get a learned intuitive response to a human being's tell, a precursor tell, something like that. I think reality-based training, or actually, you know, all the stuff we do, actually, and especially in the DSF program, is based in reality, but, but role-player type of training where we have actual people uh, working into the training, I, I think that gives folks the opportunity to put that human element back into it. What class were you teaching where you did all this uh, reality-based stuff? We were going along teaching the uh, Guardian Nation classes with ConcealedCarry.com for the Guardian Essential, Guardian Standard, and Guardian Breakthrough classes. That was you and, that was you and Matt, right? Yep, Matthew, Matthew Marister. So on the first day, we took them through all the basic concealed carry stuff about how to draw, how to um, – go along and fire defensively and then we amped it up on the second day to where we're using cover we're doing a little bit of movement then on uh on the third day we really went along and pushed them even further of how would you go along and use cover and movement at the same time while shooting and also being accurate with your shots and they got quite a bit out of it because we were keeping track of their speeds and drawing speeds and uh completing certain drills and several of them shaved off like a couple seconds off their times. If you can imagine that just in a, a 72 hour period, they went from, you know, doing a draw speed of, you know, three and a half seconds and all of a sudden they're down to a second and a half. That's great. You know, that's, that's a big difference. And you know, that, that's part of the reason why I like being an instructor because you can see the benefit to the, to the student. I mean, if you do, if you're a good instructor and you're able to get the point across, you can go on immediately say, that could be the difference between that person, yeah. you know, living 
or or not in a in a dynamic critical incident. Well, when you talk about the pre-assault indicators and the different things that you you got to be looking for, uh, times of the essence. I'll, I'll always tell my students that I'm not a big fan of of a, a gun with a mechanical safety or a, an external safety on it. Just for the fact is, I, I don't want to have to pull a firearm out, stand on one foot, rub my belly, and flip some switch to make it go bang. Uh, or even on top of that, not having one in the chamber, or you know, even cases where people don't have uh, magazines in the gun. It's just your that timeline's already so small as it is. Now you're going to add other tasks to it. That timeline's just going to get blown up. And uh, you know, the the in law enforcement, we always say the the three things to watch out for: one, hands kill. You always hear cops saying, "Show me your hands, show me your hands." You know, take your hands out of your pocket, that kind of thing. Um, bad things bad things happen under the cloak of darkness. So always have a flashlight on you, be able to see what's going on. Walk, go to light, uh, well lit areas. Um, and then that third aspect is, um, you know, eyes kill or eyes show uh, intent. Eyes are the gateway to the soul. Mm -hmm. this, all this further reinforces the necessity for us to incorporate into our training the collection and process of information because if we're not collecting and processing or being, yeah. you know, what we normally throw out there as being situationally aware, we may not see those precursor tells nor we may sure. not see those other options that we may have for cover, concealment, escape, what have you. You definitely get that opportunity or at least you recognize when you miss that opportunity when you're doing when you're doing role player training that's for sure and the one thing i think is really uh neat from being you know the the role players we saw how they reacted during the training and literally matthew and i would go off to the side and said okay this is what we're going to do this time we're going to go along and push them and try to um try try to get them to come out of the house or in one situation um he was on one side of the street. I was on the other side of the street. I yelled and just started running at him. Hmm. You, you think of, you know, everybody's sitting there thinking, okay, you know, I'll, I'll avoid, I'll do stuff, you know, to deescalate. But what happens when the person's just on a dead run and you're the target, period? Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because in that situation, the person actually sucked up to cover, the training kicked in, and then they backed off from cover. So we ended up having a running gun battle around a, a very large pile of wood for a wow. little bit before we end, before we ran out of out of ammo. But it's one of those situations to where we see a lot of situations that build up slowly, but there are situations that go extremely fast, and we've got to be able to get those pre-attack indicators and be able to decide ahead of time what is the point that we're going to go along and start drawing, and then where do we go along and start engaging it? Because as we pointed out to them. I was less than 20 feet away from when we started shooting at one another. Yeah. Just, you know, that's, I was 80 feet away and all of a sudden it's 20 feet away and we're in point to point uh, blank range shooting at one another. Well, I think that whole aspect of uh, being able to AII, right, acquire, identify, isolate uh, is, is so huge. And that's something that, that we push heavily into our classes for churches and schools for for teachers, ushers, et cetera, because there's lots of people around that you don't want to shoot and, and you know, knowing your target and beyond or knowing your target behind that other person, that bad guy, you know, you, you got to be cognizant of everything that's going on around you and just so much more. Just like uh, John Korea from Active Self-Protection says is that, you know, like our parents said as kids, smack you in the back of the head, pay attention. You got to pay attention mm -hmm. to your surroundings because that time's limited. The other scenario that we did that went over really well was we were always telling them avoidance, avoidance, avoidance is the safety, safest way. Yep. I was following behind this person probably about 30 feet and they kept telling me no i don't want to look at your phone i don't have anything for you just leave me alone leave me alone but they were backing up backwards mm. 
well, you know what I was able to do? I was able to back them up in the back end of my car. Yep. And then, and then uh, g- game was on because they didn't expect to be all of a sudden bumped into a car. And that moment of distraction, yep. all, all of a sudden uh, things go south. And that's where we, uh, we made the point to them, hey, you not only have to go along and think about de-escalation, but also think about where are you headed? Because if you walk off the end of a cliff, or into a car or something else like that, that could be a bad day, even if they don't attack you. It's even a worse day when somebody attacks you because all of a sudden you've got to figure out what just happened and then what your, what your response is going to be. So that curriculum, it's, it's, was it developed by Riley Bowman? Yeah. Riley Bowman over concealedcarry.com developed the uh, material. There's, I think there, there's uh, about 10 instructors certified in the United States currently because you're, cool. it's all part of the concealedcarry.com network. So I, I've got to ask, Rob, where, where were you doing this stuff? Because, uh, you know, I mean, did you like reach out to the local law enforcement and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Don't think it's an active killer event or anything like that. Or did it, was it a, a cordoned off like uh, Area 51? Or, I mean, what, what, what's going on there? That, that's got me thinking. No, we, we've got a small range out in Indiana at the uh, gun store that I teach at. They've, well, Clint's been there. Um, you've seen the range. It's, uh, it's near, near a, a, a highway, uh, between a highway and the expressway out in Indiana. Uh, but it's secluded. We got hills on uh, both sides of it. So it's very uh, safe from a, when you're firing firearms. But it's also a large area to where you can go along and start setting things up from a scenario standpoint to really go along and test them and see. You know, we just say, hey, you walk along this trail, this is this is the street, we'll be walking over there, and we set up the scenario. Yeah, it's not exactly Dodge City, to be where everything's uh, perfectly the scale, but it gets people to start thinking about, you know, what would happen? You know, how close do I let you? And that's where just having the room to be able to do it was uh, a perfect, uh, perfect place to do it. That was the range I left my windows down and the car filled up with water. Is that, that's where it was, right? <laughs> no, I think you did that on Sunday when I was there. You might have done it on Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah. The day when I, I missed that class. So, Rob, um, favorite courses since uh, you know, you're just like uh, Clint and I, you teach a lot of different courses, certified in a lot, from a lot of different companies. Um, what would be your, your favorite course? And then a secondary part of that would be with everybody who you're interviewing on your show and, and people you've met and courses you've taken from, who would you consider a, a mentor in the industry to, uh, to help you grow, help your business grow, as well as obviously uh, help you grow as a shooter? The course that I like teaching the most is actually the NRA Refuse to Be a Victim course. And part of that is because, again, you can connect with the students. You can give them practical advice that they can go along and actually apply to their everyday what they're doing. And even though I like teaching the shooting and doing the simulations, different things like that, uh, there's only a certain point and only a certain part of the uh, community that you're going to reach with. But when you're talking about crime prevention and refuse to be a victim, it really allows you to go out there and reach a lot broader uh, perspective of the community and really make a difference. I mean, you've got 
teenagers you can talk about about you know their how they interact with people and, and social media safety you can talk about college students you can talk about people that live in suburbia and, and locking doors and what they can do to make themselves look less inviting to criminals all the way up to elder care and going along and be able to identify you know what elder abuse looks like and and what you can do as a family member to try to you know reduce the chances that a loved one in a nursing home or something else like that could be a victim of abuse. My biggest challenge with it, honestly, has been with it being associated with the NRA. There's been places that have uh, literally refused to allow me to do it simply because it was an NRA program. Not because it was a bad program, just because it had the NRA name associated with it, which is really unfortunate when you think about that these communities and these schools would not allow good educational content to be put out there just because of quote unquote the group that that support that you created the material they didn't like no that's the politics plays doesn't does it not hey this is eric iggy keys with the metropolitan police self-defense institute and also tough products and this is meet the pressers with matt and clint meet the pressers uh mentors uh that's that's tough because there's been a lot of uh, people that have really helped me along. Um, one of the first I'd probably would have to call out is like Jacob Paulson over concealedcarry.com. I was uh, actually his uh, fourth, I think, uh, fourth instructor in his instructor network. And the help that he's given me in getting the podcast up and going has been a lot of the reason why we've been so successful so uh, quickly uh, and getting so many downloads on a regular basis. Uh, from a training training perspective, um, there, there's been quite quite a few people. Um, Rob Pincus is one w- with his uh, content that he's got in the defensive shooting fundamentals with the USCCA is definitely somebody who's uh, been influential and in how I look at it. Um, Dave Grossman with his uh, books, I've read all his books and understanding a little bit more about how the mind works. But yeah, there, there's been a lot lot of uh, a lot of people that have uh, been been helpful and I've been able to train with you, Clint, and uh, Ken Craw- uh, Crawford when I did the defensive shooting fundamentals. That was probably one of the hardest courses I've uh, ever taken. Same here. So. Well, I appreciate that, Rob. That that means a lot coming from you. Who, uh, with your show, who was probably like, was there anyone that you got to commit to being on the show that you like hung up the phone and went, yeah. Was there anyone that you were really excited about getting on the show? I mean, I'm sure you're now to be clear, you're excited about everyone that's been on the show, especially us. We've been on there and and all of your other guests, but was there one in particular that you weren't sure they were going to be on or it was like a big deal that you you landed them? This Rod, this is when you say you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll put it this way in my mind and this being a labor of love, I was my initial intent was to go along and you know, have people that I respect in the industry, like you guys coming on. And that's, that's went very well. The thing that's been very humbling in a lot of cases is I do the intro, intro for, for my guest is when you go along and start looking at their experience and it's like, wow, yeah. they're on it. I mean, Larry Vickers, you know, Delta team, Jeff Gonzalez, you know, seal team. That's something else. Yeah, Ken Hackathorn, who's been around for ages. You know, mm-hmm. just a wealth of information. Uh, Dave Spaulding, great information that, that he was passing on. Honestly, every time I'm able to go along and book somebody, 
I've got a reason why I want them on and I feel very fortunate to be able to get them on because, hey, we've all got limited time and I'm trying to make topics that are very instructor centric on my podcast. And when I can get somebody who I think can really talk well to that topic, I'm excited about it. In fact, I'll tell you one right now, Walk the Talk America. I talked to Michael Sardini and when you go along and look at where gun deaths why suicide are, especially with our veterans and, and uh, first responders and such. This is one of those things where it is a industry uh, grassroots effort, uh, efforts by firearm owners. You know, this isn't politics. This is owners that are saying we've got to do a better job of taking care of things ourselves. And Rob Pincus interview that I did at the expo was very invigorating because I think as instructors, We've got a chance of being up in front of students and be able to tell them that hey, it's all right to tell somebody that, hey, I've had a bad day, that you know, my financial problems are, are really weighing heavy on my mind and we might have to you know, sell, sell the house or you know, kids can't go to the school we want to go to. Or you go along and, hey, you know, the, you know, me and the wife, you know, divorce, you know, you know, things are, aren't going too well. And where you might say, hey, buddy, can you hold on to my guns for a little while? Or somebody come to you and say, hey, how about if I just hold on to your guns? And that's where if we can get more of that kind of responsibility in the gun community, think how many potential suicides we may be able to avoid in, in the years to come where people are a little bit more open to talking about their mental health. Because one thing, talking to Rob Pincus and doing research and things like that, we're all affected by mental. Our mental health is all over the board because we're worrying about all kinds of stuff with our family. Well, if we can be honest about it, that, Hey, I've got some anxiety. I feel kind of depressed. We can get help and work through those issues. The problem is, is when we don't get the help that it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And then we do something that's irreversible. My grandfather uh, committed suicide when my dad was 11. So that's something that uh, hits home. And then uh, about six or seven years ago, a friend of mine in law enforcement uh, in my same department actually uh, committed suicide. So there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all around us and it's, it's even more prevalent with the social media and, you know, anonymity, people behind the internet just saying whatever's on their mind and not taking into consideration what other people, uh, you know, how other people are going to perceive something. So, mm-hmm. well, unfortunately, we've gotten away from talking about it. I mean, you know, pick up the phone, you know, as I tell my friends, pick up the phone, call me. I don't care what time, you know? Yeah. I might not be completely coherent, at 2 a. <laughs> but at the same time, if you called me, I would rather wake up 2 a.m. in the morning and spend two hours on the phone with you than to get the call at 6 a.m. to find out that, yeah. Hey, you know, True. things went bad last night and we got a funeral to go to because that's not where I want to see my friends. Amen. This is Sam Rosenberg founder of Impacts Academy and Ranges. You're watching Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory. Meet the Pressers. So, Rob, as you know, part of what we do here on Meet the Pressers is we also talk about that dreaded word politics. <laughs> Could you explain who the prominent uh, local or statewide uh, Second Amendment organization or pro-liberty organization is so that people can support that organization because it's the local organizations are the ones that actually boots in the ground doing the work and helping us uh, fight for liberty in our states. In Ohio, we're very fortunate to have very two very active organizations. The first one's Buckeye Firearms, and they are uh, affiliated with the NRA, put on a great 
program uh, from the standpoint of they do the faster training for school personnel. Buckeye Firearms Foundation is the one that actually funds the school teaching program. And I've ran across many teachers that have gone through the program and they really like it because it's not just a focus on the firearms. It's also on de-escalation, also on the first aid part of it. You know, what are you going to do if something happens? And the other organization we have in Ohio is uh, Ohioans for Concealed Carry. And they were the first organization to really kind of organize to start pushing concealed carry around the 2000 timeframe. And then we had concealed carry in 2004. Ohio, they're trying to pass red flag laws. And for those that aren't familiar with what red flag laws are, is you have the, somebody has the ability, a lot of times it's family, uh, friends, coworkers, and can go to a court and say, I'm in fear of this person might do something dangerous. And just on their their claim, the police will go along, get a warrant, and take all your firearms out of your house. Now, that might seem reasonable to some people until you go along and realize that the people doing that have honestly no professional qualification to determine if you are mentally stable or not. And if you are truly unstable and the next thing you have is a police officer knocking on your door, it's kind of like throwing gasoline on a fire. No good's going to come from it. You know, what should be knocking on your door if somebody has problems is your pastor, a social worker, somebody else like that, or a friend to say, hey, you know, maybe there's a better way of doing this because you'll recognize that person. They're not there to harm you or anything, but you can start walking that person back from the edge of doing something they'll regret for the rest of their life. But having that law to where somebody could be um, co- their rights uh, confiscated or uh, you know limited for a certain amount of time because the other part of that law is they take the guns and then you've got 20, 30 days to go along, go to court and prove that you're not a danger. And, you know, when you talk about due process, when you talk about, uh, you know, the assumption of innocence before until proven guilty, all those types of things, the red flag laws really fly in, in the face of it. And we've seen time and time again when it comes to government databases and government as a whole, they do a really poor job of making these personal decisions and going along and doing something as serious as taking somebody's firearm, their only ability to defend themselves could have some bad repercussions because what happens if the day after they get served a red flag warrant and they're defenseless, their home gets broken into. In many states, including Pennsylvania, we had a similar law to that pass in, in last uh, November. This is not a Democrat thing. This is Democrats and Republicans. House Bill 2060 in Pennsylvania was passed by Republicans. And mm-hmm. I will go as far to say that certain national organizations have been promoting them across the country, including the NRA which uh, I'm a huge NRA supporter, always have been, but that was a big mistake on their part as far as I'm concerned with their leadership to back those type of, of laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the limitation or, or restriction of the rights of law-abiding citizens cannot be abided, can't be. And the thing, I've got questions about where we are in Cincinnati. I mean, I'm 15 minutes from Indiana or Kentucky, and you go along and think about it, okay, if you've got an Ohio red flag law, couldn't I just – Jump, jump across the border and poof, you know, I'm in another state to where those, the, that warrant really, really wouldn't be valid. And, you know, there's a lot of implementations that I go along, you know, even from the standpoint I've asked the question, what happens when somebody goes along, gets a red flag order against a chief of police? Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> bearing, bearing false witness. Yeah, we had uh, Michael Bain on our show, uh, the uh, episode three that we did at the USCCA, and it was uh, it was pretty enlightening. It was really neat to have him on and, and talk about the uh, red flags, red flag law. Yeah, well, the, the big laws. thing when it comes to all these laws, uh, you know, the people that are trying to push them, uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're trying to do some good. But at the same time, I think when they go along and think about the Constitution, when they think about implementation, all those things just completely fall apart. And I would, I don't think I'm going too far out on the limb that in the next uh, couple of years, I'm sure we'll see a Supreme court case when it mm-hmm. comes to the red flag laws, because due process and, you know, you know, innocent until proven guilty, all those types of things. There's going to be a lot of people hard pressed to go along and say that you make anything safer by going along and implementing this where you've already got tools in the tool in the toolbox for most law enforcement to take those people that are having mental problems and, you know, to a mental hospital and deal with it versus going along and just throwing gasoline on top of a bad situation when it comes to, you know, taking away people's firearms. Agreed. Very, very well said. Well, it's been on unbelievable pleasure to have you on Rob. Um, and we look forward to having you on again. What, uh, what ways can people find you? Look, uh, look you up, learn more about your firearms business, but then also, uh, the, the podcast that you, that you run on a weekly basis. Yeah. My, my business is called American defense training and the website is American defense training.us. And we do classes around the Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio area, um, traveling a little bit more this year and getting out to different places to uh, spread the, the USCCA gospel. And the Firearm Trainer Podcast can be found at farmtrainerspodcast.com. Thanks for having me again, guys. You, you guys stay safe. And uh, if anything I can do uh, for you guys, let me know. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. Have a good night. Hi, I'm Mike Hughes. Hi, I'm Brent Lewis, Next Level Training. Hey, meet the trigger pressers at Smyatt and Chris. Hi, I'm Mike Hughes. Hi, I'm Brent Lewis, Next Level Training. Hey, let's meet the pressers, Matt and Clint. Meet the pressers. Okay. You look like a monkey when you do that. Sorry, I was just stretching my neck. Make sure that you patronize our sponsors. Patronize? That means it's right, but it sounds funny. Okay. We have a lot of sponsors that made this show possible. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Shooter Technology Group, the makers of LASR software, ASP, Saber Red, and Lee Armory. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and click that little bell to make sure you know when our next episode's uploaded. Until next time, adieu. Meet the pressers.